And now on Tucson Business Radio, let's find out how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise with your host, Karen Fisher. Good afternoon and welcome on this very hot May the 28th in Tucson, Arizona. I am your hostess, Karen Fisher, a broadcasting uh, virtual. We're not, we're not in the studio. We're broadcasting virtually on the Tucson Business Radio X. Um, and the show is Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. You know, the mission for this show is really to provide those resources and that information and to highlight how uh, those tools, if you will, for all of us to become healthier, wealthier, and wiser. And today I have a very, very special guest, um, guest and a dear friend, I must say, uh, Cindy Scheller. Uh, Cindy Scheller is truly considered one of the foremost in all of Pima County healthcare experts. And she has actually, in terms of her experience over the past 25 years, she's worked both in the hospital system, assisted living, memory care, hospice. She also happens, she herself, from an energy work standpoint, happens to be a Reiki master, and she's done a lot of public speaking. She's actually very good at it. She's also um, emceed the Pima Council on Aging Gala, which in, I don't know, 86 million people were there as far as information. Um, and a little bit of the history as far as what she's doing in Tucson. In 2015, she left the corporate world and became a um, full-fledged entrepreneur and uh, opened up her own caring senior service. Um, is it technically a franchise? It is. It is a franchise. Yes. Yeah, so and there's a story there. behind that too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there, there is. But uh, National Connections or maybe even International National Connections, if you will. Okay. And um, what you provide, which is so desperately needed, is non-medical home health care agency. We're going to talk a little bit about that because when people think about non-medical, I think sometimes they just think about, um, I don't know, what, what do I want to say? Just like maybe you're just playing puzzles or games or whatever with people. But the non-medical is actually defined in, in, in my mind, it's, it really is medical because you can help with bathing assist. You can help with transporting people, um, can help them with uh, uh, the basic activities of daily living, if you will from dressing themselves. Um, what, I'll, I'll ask you some questions about the medication. I, are you able to, you, uh, as far as medication, to help your clients, your patients, if you will, with medication? So in a not, well, it depends. In a non, well, first let me say this. Arizona non-medical in-home care is not regulated at this time. What? Having said that, yeah. Having said that, we follow very strict standards as if we were regulated. So we do not allow our caregivers to administer medicine or pour out and set up medicine. We have LPNs and RNs that can do that for us, but our caregivers, our CNAs, our certified caregivers are not allowed to do that. What they are allowed to do is to remind the client to take the medication. Got it. So they can bring the pills to them and say, hey, it's time for your pain pill. Would you like to take it? And so there's a lot of nudging going on. But for us in our practice, if medication administration is truly required, um, 
we have an LPN or an RN do that. So, and so just to, uh, for the, um, because some people have not had any medical experience, an LPN is a licensed What's practical the nurse. Licensed, licensed practical, practical nurse. nurse. Okay. And then we have, you know, RNs, um, PRN, and they're registered nurses. So, registered nurses have typically gone through like four year nursing degree or four, it might even be five years now. It depends on, on their pedigree and the initials that follow their name. Got it. Um, there, there are situations where somebody's on hospice, if they're alert and oriented, and uh, we ask all of our hospice providers to pre-dose their medications. I don't want any of our staff doing things that are beyond their scope of practice. So we do do a lot of personal care things. So yes, um, our clients that wear adult briefs, we change them, we clean them. Um, things we don't do are things like wound care. We don't do tube feedings, all of that is helpful. But in terms But you've been we, able to transport patients to their appointments. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so those things, yeah. Making sure they have good nutrition, that our caregivers are preparing a well-balanced meal for them. Um, if they're on dialysis, we'll pack them up and help them get to the doctor and help them get their dialysis or their wound care. So part of what we do too is care coordination. And so we coordinate with their physicians and their other healthcare providers. We, if we see a client that's having a gait issue, meaning their walk, you know, the way they walk is off, maybe they're a little off balance, we'll call their primary care physician and say, hey, you know, Mr. Smith could really use a physical therapy evaluation, an RN evaluation, an OT, occupational therapy evaluation. So we, part of our promise is that we coordinate that care. So we are in constant contact with the families, their physicians, and other medical providers. We're that link to make sure that they get the proper health care. Well, and one of the things that happens if, if, um, if you don't have the, um, so what, and this is speaking from personal experience, is that when somebody gets admitted to the hospital, they are very, very quickly uh, discharged and, and fully expecting that the family is going to be providing that care, which um, could be not possible at all, um, or a family member is going to have to maybe um, take time off from work to be able to provide those services. And then just even as far as with the stress of everything that's going on, because a lot of times, so what that what the non-medical home health care really does is it bridges between the family and the medical community, because some people, if they don't have that home health care option, the non-medical piece home health, home health care, then they're going to assisted living or they're going to a nursing home. Now, most people want to stay at home, and most people can stay at home, but there can be safety issues. So if somebody's a fall risk, or if somebody's getting discharged with a chronic illness from a hospital, or if they have um, comorbidities, they have a lot of medical stuff going on, um, as long as we can keep them home safe and we can bring in our skilled healthcare providers, then most people can stay at home. We want to respect the wishes of our families and our clients. And so the care that we provide is integral in making sure they're safe at home, that they're getting their medications, that 
they're getting good nutrition, that they're getting socialization, that we're taking them out and doing things. And at this point in time, and what's today, the 28th of May, right? And we've just come out of stay-at-home orders from COVID-19. So we've had to get really creative about how to keep our clients occupied, how to get them to the doctor for the physicians that we're opening up, how to facilitate a safe discharge from a hospital or skilled nursing facility to the home if they've been tested positive for COVID, uh, training our caregivers on the proper use of PPE, personal protection equipment, and making sure that um, the client's protected and the caregiver's protected. I apologize, that was my office. Yeah, no, no worries. I know you've got a lot that's going on. So well, okay. let's, um, you know, one of the other things in terms of, and I love that, and you've talked about this before, but um, for you personally, this isn't, um, and this is just in terms of your background, it's, it's what you do is not just a, a job. It's not just a career. It's truly been a passion and a calling to do. So tell me a little bit, just as far as your background, like how did you get involved in the home health care industry? Like what, what's your background a little bit? You know, it was interesting. At the time I was living in Los Angeles and I had been recruited into a hospice company. And a couple months after I was recruited, the administrator and the RN that recruited me left. And I was uh -oh. sitting there going wait a minute, you guys, where did you go? So what, what had you done prior to working for hospice? Um, I was a community care liaison in hospice. Prior to that, I was a uh, liaison for an upscale assisted living in Calabasas, California. Okay. And, yeah. And, um, but you're so, an Arizona native. You're actually were born I I am. I have a love-hate relationship with Los Angeles, but Lee, my husband Lee and I have been back for the last 11 years. I was actually born in Mesa. Oh, um, good. Lived in Europe, lived a few times back and forth to LA, but we're, we have our, firm, our feet firmly planted in Tucson again. Um, so that same nurse, her name is Robin, recruited me to a large organization in California, accredited home health care. Um, they're still very near and dear to me, and they are celebrating next week their 40th anniversary. So, oh, wow. Okay. So, Mazel Tov, uh, Barry and Taffy Burger. But, um, so I worked with them for a long time. My husband actually got a spinal injury, a uh, work injury, and he had to have some major surgeries. Oh. And his last surgery, um, I told him, I said, this might not go well. I want to go home. We had a baby late in life on purpose when we were 43. So I decided it was a good home, to, good time to come back home to Tucson. So he's good. Everything's fine. It all worked out. But when we moved back to Tucson, I worked for another large home health care agency and um, decided and I had joined eWomen Network and they really gave me the courage um, every time I went to conference, uh, the International E-Women Network Conference, I had so many peers and mentors saying, why don't you have your own company? And I was, own chicken. Yeah, I was too chicken to open my own agency. It gave me the courage and the strength. And I did to 
um, jump off that cliff and hope and pray that I had enough band-aids for my wounds on the way down until I found my wings to kind of soar. And there have been, as an entrepreneur, uh, there have been lots of bumps and bruises. The one thing I don't tell you is it really has nothing to do with what you know. Everything to do with what you don't know. Yeah. That was my aha moment, right? Yeah. So you learn a lot of things as an entrepreneur. So we've been very blessed. Our um, business has grown by leaps and bounds. And I'll just put a plug out there. We're looking for a relationship builder in the community, aka sales and marketing. Um, well, and think so, about uh, to our listeners right now, they say nationally that um, that we've hit um, a pretty high unemployment rate. And so there may be somebody listening on the show and we'll make sure that your information is posted because thank you. somebody may be that exact right person that's listening right now. That would be amazing. Yep. And my organization is pretty conservative in that way in that we don't want salespeople. We want relationship builders because you're right. This is my passion and it's my heart. I don't want anybody to sell anybody anything. We are here to take care of everybody's moms and dads and brothers and sisters and to do that with integrity. So um, in order to do that, you have to be a really good relationship person. You have to be able to fulfill your promises and you have to be really good communicators and coordinators, right? So it takes a village. I've said this a million times, but we have to be able to draw in our community partners to make sure that if we have a client that is coming out of the hospital, that we're, if they've been in the hospital for a month, you know, is there electricity on? Is there gas on? Do they have food in the refrigerator? You know, is there a pet staying with a friend we need to pick up? There's so many elements. Have Has the doctor written orders for a hospital bed or skilled home health care? So there's so many factors that come into play when somebody's discharging from the hospital. And you're right. Families need help coordinating all of those moving pieces. If you look at a highway in a major city, that's kind of what it looks like when you're coming out of the hospital. If you can imagine the cars coming on the ramp, going off the ramp, it's a little bit of chaos at first. And we help them through that chaos and get them to the other side. Well, and, and it is truly chaos for us. Speaking from personal experience, um, and first and foremost, I just want to thank you again for, um, you know, we've known each other for a number of years. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's dating back to probably 2013, maybe 2012, a long time. And um, one of the things that just as we started with my mother-in-law, as she started to have some cognitive issues, I remember taking you to lunch. Um, this is years ago and just saying, I don't know what I'm in for completely, but I know I'm going to need help. And what are the resources? And I can just remember you at that time. That's when you introduced me to Pima Council on Aging, which is a great resource. Um, they update their directory every single year. There is, you know, you talk about being an entrepreneur. It's not what you do know. It's what you don't know. Boy, when it's, when you're dealing with um, aging parents, and or navigating our medical system the way that it is right now, it is, frankly, it's very, very overwhelming. And I am somebody who, I mean, way back in the late 70s, early 80s, I worked in the medical field. I, I personally drew blood for the lab. I did everything that you could, that you, in the medical world, 
that didn't require a license. So I drew blood for the lab. Now it requires a license to be a phlebotomist, but not then. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, we used to work, um, I used to run the dark room when they had not digital films. We actually had cassettes and films. Um, did inpatient and expatient, inpatient and mm -hmm. also outpatient admitting, um, you know, ran the PBX, uh, did medical records. I, I, I've done a little bit of everything. So I'm somebody that has just enough medical knowledge to be dangerous, right? And hugely overwhelming for all of us. And we are not just, we're not, as you know, our family, thank God, is very close and very tight knit. Um, and I'm talking about my, uh, particularly, you know, dealing with my in-laws, you know, there are five or six of us that were there and helped. And it is overwhelming for us. I can't imagine if you're like the only child or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, it's, it, it's a lot. And then I know that a lot of times um, the caregiving duties fall to a family member. Many times it ends up being the, the wife for whatever reason, as far as going on, as far as the caregiving. Let's talk about once you're thrown, because People a lot of times don't just sign up and say, oh, I want to be a caregiver. They get thrust into it in a family dynamic, unlike our nurses that go to school to become a caregiver. They do. Yeah. yeah, they do. And there's all kinds of issues surrounding that. Compassion, there's burnout. For family caregivers, it's really tough. For example, you never know. So as a daughter, you never know you're going to be, you, you would have never thought that you'd be caring for your father, right? And yes. they're very personal issues. Um, personal care is really personal, right? So it's overwhelming. And part of my concern with older folks taking care of older folks is they can get hurt. And a lot of times the caregiver, the family caregiver starts self-isolating um, they have nutritional problems because they're not taking care of themselves. They're so focused on their spouse or their loved one. They're, they're truly draining their energies. And so part of the relief for that is rest care. Um, and that's where we can step in and really help them to just get a break, honestly. And Part of what we've done this year, we, we've announced a new health and wellness program, and this program is really designed around that are pretty healthy, pretty active. There's three tier levels, and it's surrounded uh, their wellness coach, and we're going to be calling them, checking up on them a couple times a week, daily, whichever, whichever tier level they choose. We also have the ability to do remote medication reminders. And then if they need a caregiver boots on the ground, so to speak, um, we have a, the ability to do that as well. Um, and what's nice about that is most of the time our folks have anywhere from four to 24 seven care, 24 hours, seven days a week care. And not everybody needs or wants that. So this health and wellness program allows us to be able to be in contact with clients daily or week and we're asking questions like how was your day did you eat did you go to church did you go to synagogue did you take your medicine did you make that doctor's appointment you had last friday and then if we call and they get sick and with covid19 going around people are getting sick then if we need to send a caregiver or we need to make a doctor's appointment then 
they can. And the program, the first tier level is $99. So if you live in Washington, D.C., and Mama lives in Tucson, and you're constantly worried about her, that would be a perfect person for this program. And then we can go in and assess the situation, and we can help them through that way. We want to make sure that, you know, everybody's being really careful, wearing masks when they go out, as they should. So somebody needs groceries brought to them, ordered for them. So a lot of things that we're doing now, um, video, we're doing video supervisors, we're doing video chats with our, our caregivers. There's so different ways that we can serve our community. And it's simply a matter of staying, you know, like I say all the time, healthy, happy, and at home. What can we do to serve you to make your life a little bit safer? I, I don't want anybody whether it's a family caregiver, whether it's mom and dad or grandma, not having a relationship to be able to reach out for help. That, that's kind of my biggest fear right now. And we're all trying to be really careful. My mother lives with us. She just celebrated her 79th birthday yesterday. I saw that picture. I know. Happy birthday, mama. And, you know, we, we started quarantining her before anybody talked about us you know, stay at home order. I was like, you are not getting sick. You're staying home. And, um, and yes, she didn't get out a couple of times. Oh, I'm going to the bank. Five hours later, she comes in with her mask on. So it's oh. not easy. Yeah. She, she's not a little non-compliant, like one of her oh. daughters. Oh, <laughs> imagine that. So, well, let, let's talk about some of the specifics because right now we're in the, um, we're just, starting to open up some of the businesses here in Tucson. Um, uh, the, I know the stay-at-home order for everybody's been really difficult. Um, I had shared that, so my mother-in-law is in a memory care assisted living, and they immediately, um, very early on, they said no to visitors um, because they have a very, very fragile population. She's in good physical health, um, her cognitive or short-term memory is gone, and it's been really difficult because we have a family member, one or more of the family members that literally calls her every single night, and the conversation has gone like this since the middle of March. You know, oh, thanks for calling. It's good to hear from you. Um, I would love, you know, stop by and see me. I haven't seen anybody in a long time. Mom, we can't right now, not until they lift the restrictions for the pandemic. What pandemic? And she's, she'll even just say, Pah. like, she doesn't believe us, right? Yeah. And so we've had to say, because she does get the newspaper every single day, and say, grab the newspaper, because we know it's in her room, grab the newspaper, what does the headline say? And she's like, we'll all be damned. And that has, that same conversation has happened and occurred every single night since the middle of March when the stay-at-home orders are there. Yeah. It's and really heartbreaking. Yes, and that's with, with us as far as that. So um, let's, let's talk about um, some of the things that are happening because you're, from what I understand, um, you have actually been, you've got that you've been serving patients that they themselves were diagnosed with COVID-19. And then at the same time, you're having to protect everybody from getting COVID-19. Tell me a little bit about how you're managing that. So now we have it where we want it. Initially, when all of this, you know, became a recognized problem, 
it was really difficult to get personal protection equipment because the bigger cities that the the more the denser cities the bigger cities like new york really needed that stuff and it was almost impossible to get um medical supplies and not only that i think i paid five thousand dollars the first you know couple of weeks that this happened just on personal protection equipment because five thousand dollars yeah that well because the prices are inflated you're using a lot more of it because not you're not just doing universal precautions now now you're doing every client every shift every hour of the day so you're going through much much more personal protection equipment so um there is an organization in town they're as sweet as they can be the name is mending souls and they uh donated masks to our caregivers we have n95 masks we have surgical masks we have isolation gowns we have shoe covers we have face shields we have everything that they need but the first couple of weeks um, it was really hard to source the stuff. It took everybody a little while to figure it out, including, it was really hard in Tucson because my connections have contracts to hospitals. So they were trying to serve the hospitals first. And I had to explain, you know, my clients just, my caregivers aren't making tea and crumpets all day. We have very medically fragile clients. And that's our niche market for my company. We, we I don't even think we have a companion case. All of our clients have uh, medical needs, physical needs, and so they, uh, many of them cannot live at home alone. So um, it was difficult. It's, it's difficult watching the medical professionals uh, lose patients. Um, my personal opinion, it's just my personal opinion, is that everybody should wear masks. That's my opinion. There's a lot of arguments about it. I don't go anywhere without one. If you come to my office, you have to wear a mask. And uh, that's my choice. So uh, my, my family wears masks when they go out. And, you know, everybody's going to do what they need to do. And there's no clear guidance because nobody can get on the same page. So I'm going to err on uh, being conservative for my clients and my staff and myself and my family. And um, it's unprecedented. We don't know if there's a second wave coming. All we can do as healthcare professionals is supply our staff with the needed personal protection equipment, the PPE, make sure they're using it. We do video uh, supervisory visits. We do video chats. All of our caregivers have to do a COVID-19 screening an hour before their shift. If they fail the screening, they don't go to that case and the case is restaffed. Um, and they're quarantined. So we've tried to be very, very cautious. Um, we don't, we don't want anybody getting sick. And um, you know, we've been lucky in Tucson. We haven't been hit as hard as the denser populated areas. And I'm hoping uh, we won't be. So well, and then one of the things that you had as a connection, um, from what I understand, that you've got a family member. I think it's Lee's uncle that. Um, mm -hmm is in he was in what new jersey, new so, jersey. yeah his uncle is a professor um he lives in teaneck new jersey and his wife is bedbound and he didn't have any masks and this was at the height of me trying to source enough masks for my staff and so i called another caring senior service owner in new jersey i called chris and i said lee's uncle's there and he said anything you need 
he personally took Uncle Billy a box of masks and a box of gloves. And I said, how much do I owe you? He said, nothing. I'm not taking your money. And he personally took that and put it on Uncle Billy's doorstep. And these, these acts of kindness are so important right now. People need to be kind to each other and help each other. Um, I, have, I have a family friend and she's been battling COVID-19 for a month and they have two little kids. And is she in the hospital or is she? She's not. She's at home. Oh, thank and, God. Um, her foster baby spiked his fever. And I said, what do you need? And so I drove over Pedialyte and dropped it off at the front door and, you know, a little play toy for the little girl. And um, it's, it's tough because you're asking, um, you're asking caregivers to go into these homes and we are not forcing them to work with COVID-19 patients. They can choose to or not to. Um, we support them either way. So um, if we can't serve somebody, we always give another resource, uh, regardless of whether it's plumbing. <laughs> uh, if we're not a good fit for them, we'll give them another agency that we know, like, and trust. So uh, it could be mortgages. It could be a loan. We have lots of vetted resources. So we just appreciate our community. We love you guys. Everybody's been really good to us. And anytime I can help anybody, please pick up the phone and call me. I will give you my advice. If I don't know the answers, I will give you the phone number uh, to somebody who does. Well, and, and you are just a, like, just an amazing resource as far as things that are happening. Um, so, but on a personal basis, that's the other side of it is, is your business has been just growing by leaps and bounds. I mean, just huge. Yeah. Um, what has been your greatest challenge as you've experienced this basically exponential growth? Goodness, it, um, you know, we always have recruiting people is always a challenge, you know, having enough caregivers. And so we try to recruit all the time. Um, so you're hiring now. So always hiring. Always hiring now. Yeah. Okay. CNA certified caregivers, home health aides. The other thing is, I think, um, the other challenge with growth is that you always want to give the same level of service that you promised. And so making sure we do that so we don't grow too hard and too fast. I never want that to fail. If that starts happening, we're going to put a limit on our clients. Um, and um, I think those challenges are, we're getting to the point where we need a new sales and marketing person. So we will be hiring a relationship builder. We want somebody with integrity. Um, we're pretty conservative in our practice in terms of how you market. We don't sell to anybody. We just build relationships and we serve. Um, so, you know, if somebody's out there, you have sales and marketing experience uh, with a relationship building foundation, uh, would love to talk to you. We're going to, um, there's going to be an ad posted on Indeed today or maybe tomorrow. And we're looking forward. We know there's a lot of people out of work. So I'm hoping that somebody can find the right home with us and have the same passion for service that we do. Um, there's something that we say in my office all the time. And that is you have to have a servant heart to do what we do. Yeah, you, you definitely do. Uh, you definitely do. And I, 
you know, being uh, thrust, um, some of it, not just the the day-to-day caregiving stuff, but just navigating the process through um, in the insurance and the doctors and just all of this stuff. It's just absolutely, it's, it's truly overwhelming. Um, the other thing that's happening right now is that um, you guys aren't just serving seniors. You've got, well, so tell me a little bit more about that because oh. the company's name is Caring Senior Service. So, yeah. Uh, you know, COVID-19 has forced everybody to, I'm kind of getting tired of the term, but we truly have had to pivot and um, in order to serve our community. And some of that pivoting has included respite care in terms of uh, watching kids and coloring with them and playing with them games while mommy or daddy takes a break, a much needed break. Because kids are out of school and mommy and daddy aren't used to having them 24-7. And maybe one of the parents are sick. So um, doing that, we're also, we, we, we are not providing um, personal care to children. We are providing respite care for parents. So if we can help with that. Uh, we typically refer to choice options because they're a nanny agency. However, if our client, you know, people are quarantined together. So if grandma and grandpa are in the home and they've got a couple grandkids there together, we're not going to ignore the grandkids. So it's just been a shift in how we're making everybody happy. So um, young adults, 18 or older, that have a need we're fine with and our existing clients or or even potential clients who have families in the home we'll work with you we'll work it out um it's just been interesting and finding new and creative ways to keep your people busy going for walks rather than going for walks in the mall not this week folks i don't want you going out for walks at a degrees please you know, a lot of people in the past, they would go for walks in, in the shopping malls and the shopping malls have been closed. So, Oh, I haven't thought about that. They have been the mall walkers. Cause it's oh my gosh. nice and cool. So now it's interesting because neighbors are meeting neighbors because they're walking in their neighborhood. So it's, it's kind of been a fun journey in a way. So if we can serve you, we will. And we've gotten really creative lately. Well, and, and I think, and, and let's talk about this. Um, so in terms of that specific, as far as the, the caring and that piece that is just so critical, but let's, let's shift a little bit. And uh, first of all, I do want to introduce myself again. I am Karen Fisher. I am a senior loan officer with Summit, Summit Funding Incorporated. Um, I've actually been a loan officer. I'm in my 21st year, but prior to that, from 1983 until 2000, I was a realtor, I was an associate broker, branch manager, a designated broker, I've owned my own firm. And on the real estate side of things, as well as on the lending side of things, one of the things that happens is that you end up telling me all the things that your mother said that you weren't allowed to ask. So, oh, and by the way, you also have to prove it to me. And so there's been some things that have happened in the mortgage industry. Uh, first of all, the interest rates are record low and there's more regulation on top of everything. So we've been having some some very interesting issues. I normally meet my clients. I would meet my clients face-to-face. That's the way that I, I'm a, a by referral. 
Um, over 90% of my clients do come to me from a referral source from either uh, realtors or um, financial planners, estate planning attorneys, um, divorce attorneys. I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. So, but let's talk about, because we both own businesses and the way that that looks, let's talk about, because uh, I'm a business within a business and you are a franchise owner. You've got going on in terms of the, um, just um, the, like the employees, you know, like how are your employees handling the stress? I've got teammates that some of them are fine and some of them are really not doing well. It's like the gamut. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the jokes out there on YouTube, the woman has a cold and the man has a cold. Oh, okay. Yes. Go okay. ahead. So healthcare workers are the women that have a cold. And everybody else are the men that have colds, right? Oh, God. So okay. most healthcare workers, they're like, yeah, I, I couldn't buy, I, I admitted a patient that had C. diff, which, which is an infection, and we needed isolation gowns. And I was asking around for extra supplies, and everybody's like, C. diff, no big deal, you know? And I'm like, well, I still got to protect them. So, um, you know, healthcare workers are troopers. They're, You've seen the stories, you know, they go to work, they know they're probably going to get sick and some of them knew they were going to die. So our, our, our caregivers, they do, listen, they don't do it for the money, right? They do it because they love what they do. And just a plug for Karen, y'all, she did my refinance and under 30 days, it was wonderful. Great experience. She, or, she did my original loan, my original mortgage, and now she's working on my refinance because the rates are so low. So yeah. Um, I thank you with all my heart endorse Karen and Summit Funding. Thank you very much. As as a business owner, um, what are some of the uh, are you've got some people that uh, they claimed unemployment? They're they're still claiming unemployment because of nervousness or being afraid. Um, they're they're choosing to stay at home versus going to work. Are you running into that or not so much? Um, we've had a few unemployment claims. We've only actually had two caregivers who have opted to stay at home, even though they had full-time schedules. Got so it. Um, if they get unemployment, it probably won't be through our organization. Um, so we've been really fortunate and um, that, that has, you know, that has not impacted us as much truly as I thought it would. Well, what's, what's happened with us, um, the, so our corporate headquarters are based out of Sacramento, and there was a stay-at-home order that was issued in, I believe it was in March for the state of California, and it was incredible that we were able to move, because um, so keep in mind, you've got your spring buying season, which is busy to begin with, then the interest rates are dropped to this historic low rate. And, and then on top of it, oh, by the way, we want everybody to work from home. And we, yeah. we our IT department, I mean, they deserve an absolute medal. They moved 80% of, and keep in mind, we're one of the top 30 mortgage banks in the United States. We're big, okay, as far as our numbers. They moved 80% of our workforce home in four days, 25%, 25%, 20, like, unbelievable and we were having a conversation with the owner of summit funding the owner and founder my dear friend todd screama 
we've been friends since 92. I'm so excited to work, be able to work with him. Um, but one of the things that he said, if, if you had told him even six months ago that you're going to move your whole workforce home and, oh, by the way, they're going to be more efficient, he never would have believed it. He says, I would not have believed it. But what has happened is, uh, so we're seeing some shifts. So let's talk about, and we've got a few more minutes here, but let's let's talk about what have been the benefits that you've seen? I'd like, I know that there's been a lot of things, there's a lot of stress for a lot of people, but what have been the benefits of the stay at home and the shutdown and things like that? What have you seen as a business owner or as a person? Well, I think uh, first off, the big, you know, going back to the challenges, uh, we can't market to hospitals. We can't go into skilled nursing facilities still, assisted livings or independent living. So we can't, we can't go in and see our case managers and our discharge planners, which we get our referrals from. So that's been really challenging. The benefit, the biggest by far benefit that I have seen, and this happened early on when we were in stay-at-home orders, the conversations that I had with people were lengthier, and I dare say more meaningful and more in-depth than ever before. And I found that really interesting from a psychology perspective um, and a sociology perspective, right? So people are so unaccustomed to doing, we're, we're used to seeing people face-to-face, -face, right? Yeah. So now we're doing a lot of Zoom calls, we're doing a lot of video calls, but even before people got on the Zoom bandwagon, we were just doing phone calls and i remember i gave a referral to um to one of the local hospices and their rep called me and i've known her for a really long time and i was talking to marilyn and we we talked for a really long time and it was such a great conversation so i think that people somehow have gotten closer we've had to learn how to band together to fix problems using all of our resources. And you really had, you had to stretch your limits uh, and to see who could help who. And um, I, I find that a huge benefit on the humanistic side. On the business side, we've been, we've been super fortunate. Um, the referral sources that we have, have never stopped referring to us. We get a lot of word of mouth referrals a lot. And that didn't stop just because we had a um, stay at home order. So um, I'm very blessed and grateful for deepened relationships. And I think that the benefits are really, it's a little bit of a wake up call. You know, can you scrap, can you stretch? Can you lean into the challenge? Can mm -hmm. you, do you just give up or do you push through it? And how do you push through it? And whose help do you need? What do you need? How do you ask for help? And how do you get, how do you get over, under, through the mountain that you got to move? You've got to go through. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I love, um, I absolutely love that. Um, so we are actually um, wrapping up, but I always have some fun questions. So is <laughs> there a fun book that you're reading right now? Either fun or business book that you're reading? Um, no. No. I started, now wait, I started reading a book called um, 
you know the name of it, Atomic Habits? What's Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Clear. So yes. before COVID hit, I started reading that book and I probably should get back to it. But honestly, I really haven't had time to read much. Well, yeah, and I know you're being stretched as far as that. So yeah, I'm actually rereading uh, Atomic Habits. James Clear, that's some, uh, some really great things as far as the personal thing. Um, what are you doing for self-care right now for you yourself? Okay, you're going to laugh. Are you ready? You already know this answer, but I decided that I was getting chickens. I wanted to be a chicken mama. So before all of this hit, probably about a month into it, I told my husband, I said, I want my chickens. So I have 11 hens now. Um, some have names and the ones that I can't tell apart don't have names. Um, Omega and Ruby are my favorite uh, hens. They're so much fun. I, I have to tell you, we've been, my husband built this um, kind of raised planters, like waist height. So we have vegetables, we have flowers, we have fruit, and then we have our chicken coop in the back. And he made a fountain for me and we sit out back by the pool and I love watching my hens. I never thought in a million years they would be so amusing. The, so I mean, you're getting old, or <laughs> no? And and I just think it's, it's and I think it's interesting because along with your hens, I happen to know that you have a small dog <laughs> and a very very large dog. So Chewy is about how big? How much does Chewy? Uh, Chewy weighs about six pounds. He's a Yorkie. He's my oh. mother's dog. My mom lives with us. Yes. Rocco <laughs> is a boxer mastiff. And I think he's topping out at about 110, 115 pounds right now. Unbelievable. He, he Unbelievable. is a beast. Um, and we're looking at getting more livestock. So we're really excited about this uh, little farming venture we have going on. Our farm. Well, and, and interestingly, when um, so our daughter came home for uh, spring break on, um, on March the 16th, it was supposed to be for 10 days. She's able to still fly. Um, but then couldn't get back. And so she and her fiance ended up being here from March the 16th until May the 2nd. Oh, so I'm sure you love that. Now we've got, uh, you know, at least we know, and thank God uh, we love her. And Enrique is just amazing. But um, all of a sudden we've got four people. All of us are working. They're in graduate school. They're both getting their doctorates in mathematics. I'm working, my husband's working, and usually Scott travels, and, but he's been here, and we just got up and we just made it work, and, and along with that, um, we planted a whole bunch of things, so we've got, uh, we've got all peppers, um, one of our dear friends, Miguel, uh, planted, we've got four new fruit trees, uh, tons of strawberries, we're already getting um, uh, eggplant, tomatoes, uh, peppers, it's just been great. So that's the benefit. So, that well, without any further ado, I just want to say thank you so much for being my guest on today's show. I'm just truly, truly honored. And um, I just will have it posted as far as how they can get in touch with you. And I just know that you are a, a huge resource. I like to be the source of the source, but you are a huge resource. I mean, I literally got you on speed dial. You're such a godsend for, um, you know, helping to navigate you know, some of the, this medical piece we're all going to be running into, all of it, uh, at some point in time, because you either are, are the caregiver or you're going to need a caregiver 
And so to be able to have those resources and that help and just want to say thank you. And once again, this is Karen Fisher and you are, I am your hostess broadcasting remotely, not broadcasting live on Tucson Business Radio X. And thank you very much, Tucson. 